Wait, I need lipstick. All right. I wanted my lipstick fresh for you, Juan. Mm. What do we make? Oh, are those not allowed right now? Am not I allowed? allowed. Am I allowed to? Not on the record. They, I don't want to. I don't want her to know I told you about us. <laughs> well, we are starting only an hour and fifteen minutes later Holy than anticipated. <laughs> And now we are sitting in the world-renowned Casey's Woodshed, home of the um, open mic on Wednesdays. Does it have a name? It's just the comedy open mic, right? That's all it is. Hey, <laughs> guys, welcome to this Juan time. Today I am graced by the beautiful and talented Jeth Juan Whedon. Round of applause. What's up, Yay. girl? What's up, Juan? In- How are you? Introduce my audience to the... The Jethwan experience. Excellent. How are you? I'm amazing. We're in a oh, bar. Now I'm interview- you're interviewing me. We are in Casey's Woodshed where we uh, meet on Wednesday nights for the open mic, which is a fucking lovely shit show and an amazing room. God, it's so much fun here. You know, at first when I first started, it was to me, it was like, this is the toughest room and it's still tough, but it's fun. You got to take it for what it is. This was my second room ever. Mm-hmm. And I went up and I literally like murdered. I was yeah. like 30 on the list. I murdered like you like this is the kind of room where everyone chats. Chat 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 yeah. chat chat chat. And Which then is you know cool. they give a shit if they stop talking for a second. Yes, exactly. And so that's what's cool about what's going on right now with the background music and how loud it is. Cause this is the experience here at, at the night. You're gonna get that respect once you get that that um, them to focus and get low. But even then, like they come in and out of your set, our sets, like two or three times in a five minute set. Oh yeah. So the attention is like that, but you, when you get it, you're like, I gotta use this. Oh yeah. And that's your time. I've I've seen them ignore people who get paid like real money to do this, yes. and they'll come to this room, and no fucks are given. Or did you see last week when the one guy was on stage and another comedian walks in back of him and starts playing Miss Pac-Man? No. Eight inches in back of the guy with the microphone in his hand. <laughs> and it was another comic? Yes. Oh, I missed that. I was he just limped up there and played Miss Pac-Man. Oh, I said limp, so now it. you know who it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No names, off the record. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. But you know when when the crowd does um, give you a little bit more respect to, to someone getting the stage, um, not more respect, but they're like, hey, we're gonna listen intently. First timers, because yeah. we all know how hard it is yeah. to get up to work up the courage to get up on that mic and you know, hey, I think this is funny. It's my first time. As soon as as soon as you you don't recognize that face or the name on the list, and they go, hey, this is my first time. Everybody kind of like, hey, let's be as encouraging as we can. So, like, Excellent. comics, we talk shit. We bust each other's balls. You're one of the best. But, like, we will welcome a new face as long as, you know, you come in and you're, you're authentic and you're yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. It's that, I have noticed that, that people do really well when it's their first time. They really do. And it's kind of like a drug dealer's. You know, where they like, they'll front, <laughs> yeah. oh, hey, I'm gonna give you a few laughs here, and then like the next few weeks is just torture. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I remember it was my second night, and I come check this out, and everyone was nice and quiet, and they laughed appropriately. And I mean, some of the jokes are still solid, and I use, yeah, but there are a couple of jokes in there that hit really well that have never hit that well ever again. Yes. And I'm like, oh, those were the jokes they gave me the grace because it's a new girl thing. Like, I'm yes. like, 
maybe I don't know maybe I was in some zone that I've never found again or what I don't know but um this this place is indicative of open mics definitely breaking you they can make you or break you because like one night you're flying high and it's the best night ever this is the best shit I love it and the next night you ain't shit Mm -hmm. (laughs) exactly It, it is how it is here and and other rooms are different like there's tavern which um I guess it, here you might not do well if you're more of like a, a quiet person with your set and a little bit more, you know, reserved with it um, versus like tavern. That's a rough room. To Is me, that's a very rough room. But it allows more of that nuance, you know, small talk, I okay. guess, you know, output. Here you have to be you have to be as animated as possible here, yeah, in my opinion, yeah, for to, sure. to really get that respect. It's it. I, there are rougher rooms in town, definitely rougher rooms. But um, but yeah, this this room's a trip. And what's funny is there's different versions of woodshed. Yes. Yes. So so like there's the woodshed on the patio. Yes. There's a woodshed at the pool tables. Yep. There's a woodshed in the booths. There's a woodshed here, and, and it's the a bar. whole yeah the ones at the bar. And it's almost like. I want to say it's like high school, but it's depending on your viewpoint, it's less angsty than high school yeah. because like we're kind of separated, but at the same time, I've seen all those different factions come together come for together. one person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's super weird. Like even with like when you're working the arts, there's so much vulnerability put out of you. Mm-hmm. So all of the words that come in our mouth is a display in vulnerability. Yep. Will people love this? Will they like this? Will they like me? Am I being authentic? Is this funny? Am I even worth this time? Yeah. And that's a huge step in faith. And then when you get out there and and how will these people accept it? And then also being that leap in vulnerability, it's also a lot of fucking ego. It is. And, it, so, and so you're working is. with all these people, these vulnerable people, mm-hmm. putting out all this ego. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's a, you can see a little bit of competitive comes up, yep. come up sometimes, yep. a little bit of like distrust, a little bit of like jealousy because of the nature of what's built there. Yeah. But the thing is, when it is, is I'm that type of person where I want everybody to do well. I'm like, hey, yay, I just yes. want us all to do well. And yeah. so it's weird. Like, I'll give someone like, I'm like, hey, you should try this line. Yeah. And they'll look at me like, why is she telling me this? Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, no, no, no. I just want us all to do good. Because, like, I mean, honestly, if we all do good, we're all in closer proximity to greatness. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I don't need to make you look bad Mm-mm. to make me look better. Yep. So, I don't know. And plus, I'm, I'm the kind of kid, my, when my best friend got a Porsche, I bragged so much, you would have thought it was mine. I was yeah. like, oh, my best friend worked hard. She got a Porsche. I was yeah. so proud of her, you know? It's but a different it's hard. attitude. It's so it's it's hard because even now, like I'll see someone get a room that I want, yeah, and I'm like, ah, oh, I really want to work there. Mm-hmm. Well, fucking work and get there, <laughs> like cause, exactly. Um, pride and ego and jealousy ain't gonna fucking get you there. But no, but here's the thing: the pri- the room you're going for, they're already at. They're already looking at the next one. Mm-hmm. So what you can do is be proud of them and just say, hey, what what can you give me advice? Because everybody wants to give their advice on what can be done because I'm looking at the next thing now. Right. So let me pull you along and now you can take my spot and then that person can sign off on you and be like, hey, Jeff Juan's got what it takes. Yeah. Like, I feel like she can fill this room, blah, 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 blah. And then, because they're already moving on to the... Our, our sites are always on the next thing, right? Yeah. So be appreciative for what you have because, you know, someone yeah. else is not in your shoes wanting exactly what you have. But because of that, 
that allows you to bring them along or help out the community around you. Yeah. Be, be supportive because yeah. yeah, if I see you killing, it makes me want to kill. I don't say like, I don't go home and be like, man, why is Jeth want so good? Uh, like I'm so upset. And I was like, no, man, he killed it tonight. I need to. I need to come correct. I need to go mm-hmm. back to my. I need to do what I gotta do to get to that level. So mm-hmm. in, greatness inspires greatness. Yeah, and I, it's a small I, mentality to think otherwise. I agree completely, and and so um, I I mean I agree, but I also get why some people may not have that thought For process sure. because we're not raised that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we're raised in that man American mindset of like we're number one. You know, not like. Yeah. We're number one. It's well, actually, I'm number one. Yeah. When it could be we're number one, yes. you know yeah. what I mean? And so, and I get it. I completely understand it. And and also, I think in life, we we do better as humans when we realize that someone else's reaction to us or what someone else is doing that we may not like is about them. Yes, exactly. It is not about us. Mm-hmm. Like yep. if you do some shit that like bothers me or hurts my feeling. It is speaking to your toxicity or your level in this world, yeah. not on me. Yeah. I need to handle me. You know what I mean? Like, like stay in your own path, you know? Yeah, that is that is very true. And I think that would bring people a lot of peace to understand that, you know, don't doesn't mean that you don't not, not call people out, but hold them accountable for what they've said and what they've done. But also understand that don't take it that personal mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. for them to do that, they're hurting inside mm-hmm. much more. Oh, I know. Like, if I'm if I'm complaining at home, like you know, kind of bitchy about something, instantly I'm like, oh, well, I'm in a bad mood. My husband didn't really do this. Like, Ooh. like I have to I have to look at me because I know why am I nitpicking. Yeah. And I'll catch myself because I'm like, okay, what am I annoyed about? And I'll catch myself. And I'm like, you know what, honey, I feel like I'm I'm really upset about this. And I'll catch myself and I'll call myself out because I want to be I want to be authentic and like transparent because I'm like it's so easy to make it his fault to give me a reason or excuse to be in a bitchy mood, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But that's not fair to him. You know, like that's not fair to anyone to take your your damage and bring it over kind of thing. So that's very that's a very enlightened place to see it from too. Like that I'm I uh, one of my previous podcast guests uh, they run a group, Arete group, um, that speaks on that exactly. They call it the judge, the internal judge. Mm-hmm. We all have that voice inside of us that's judging. And so anytime like somebody's acting up, like we don't go to like, hey, you're doing this or you're saying this. Say, hey, I think your inner judge is making this. And, and we're supposed to speak from the sage that always comes in with love and understanding. I get that. And that's, what, that's exactly what you're yeah, doing. I so. get that. I, I think um, so bringing up like childhood and stuff I was raised by a single mom and um, my mom had a lot of challenges you know um, emotional um, social emotional kind of things and um, addictive stuff she had to overcome and stuff like that and I was always thinking what did I do wrong what did I do wrong mm-hmm. when and even if I didn't do wrong because my mom made me feel like I was doing something wrong because of her own unbalanced yeah. situation and so I think that's part of like wow, like I'm I'm always trying to think, how am I, how are my actions making my children feel or my husband feel or whatever? Because like, like um, one day we were talking about a joke, and because my husband's a white guy, they're like, oh, you should say this or this or this. And I'm like, 
I will never talk bad about my husband on stage like that. Like, I may throw out a quip or whatever, like, but I will never do something that make my husband look like less than on yeah, stage yeah, yeah. or in front of people. Like, I, I don't think it's respectful. Like, you'll never... You ever see, like, a woman and a husband in a fight and they're, like, dressing each other down in front of people? And no. it's like, I would never do that. No. You know, someone you're supposed to uphold and love and cherish and you're going to, like, read them in front of everybody? Yeah. So I think about that as a whole. Like, like, what are you seeing? Is it like building this person up that you love or breaking them down? Because and it's not that you're being dishonest in yeah. the sense that you guys don't have your moments. This is you don't do that publicly. Um, you know what? It's not even like dishonesty. I choose not to speak in a way. And like, you know what they say? Like when you crumple up a paper yeah, and, then you, and you crumple up this people piece of paper every time you speak unkindly or hurtful to someone you love. And no matter how much you smooth that out, it will never Already be, has those yeah. you know, without those creases. Yeah. And so I choose to say those things or speak in a way that doesn't give my husband all these creases. Now, I'm not perfect. Of course. And the thing is, and I'll say, I'm like, oh, you know what? That was too heavy. Or like, like he'll call me out and like, hey, this or this. But it's, it's so important. And so I try to think about that as a whole with people in a whole. Like, I don't want to ever be that person years from now. They'll say... Oh, Jetsuan said da da da, and I could never let it go. I don't ever want to do that. Like, I don't ever want to be a reason why someone wasn't their best because they were damaged by something I did that. You know, like, that's that's not cool. You know, I know what it feels like. <laughs> you know, I, I grew up there. Exactly. So, you had mentioned your mom, and you said had. Is she still with us, or you guys? No, she's dead. Gotcha. Yeah, she's dead. I, um,. She died very suddenly. So there was a comic here on Wednesday at a different open mic. And he showed up, no joke, what, 45 minutes after his uh, mom had died. Oh, my gosh. Powerful, right? And he proceeded to kill. Yes. I mean, it was hilarious. It was emotional. It was touching. It was authentic. It was so raw. Raw. Boom. And it was like, I could see in his eyes that like the, the hurt, the loss. And I'm an empath, so I felt him when he showed up. And I don't even know the guy that well, but I was like, ooh, he's off. And I barely talked to him when he set up. I was like, something's off here, but I didn't know him well enough to like reach out or hug him or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And when he, he said how his mom was always like hypochondriac. Yep. And when she finally died, she, she's like, oh, well, I guess she got us. And my mom was always ill. Yeah. From the time I was young, this woman was always ill. It was one of those things like, she's going to die. And then when she suddenly died, we're like, oh, fuck, Ginny actually did it this time, you know? And it was a shock. It was a huge shock. And um, the crazy thing is, is when she died, I hadn't spoken to her in probably months-ish, maybe six months, because my mom was toxic. And yeah. I and I said, no, I said, I refuse to let my daughter, because we only had one child at the time, see that this is what it should be like with someone you love like you because they're family you have to put up a toxicity when you don't you absolutely do not and i don't i actually thought when she died i'd feel guilt for not being in contact with absolutely don't i do not feel guilt the only thing that makes me sad is because as long as she was alive there was a chance of her being better yes but when she ceased being here, there was no chance to be that healthy, normal mom that everybody else has, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but she gave me so many things that made me who I am or good things about myself. So I'm thankful for her. I mean, yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't great, well, but, like, I'm thankful for her. They're, they're human. They're, they're parents. They're still growing. That's the thing. It's like 
you you view you see the people in this community that you're around and just people in general, right? You said it's like it's still like high school sometimes. Mm-hmm. We never really get out of high school for no. one. But in, and then as you get older, you realize that your parents are raising you while they're still trying to figure their own yeah. shit out with parents that were even more so mm-hmm. more like neglectful and just you know vicious because life was much harder back then it's it's harder in the sense there's different types of hards mm-hmm. there is and different areas where it's hard like right now it's it's a lot of psychological shit before it was a lot of physical shit like how am i going to eat today mm-hmm. a lot of people today i mean they they got no problem get finding the food it's not the best food yeah. we got no problem being in communication with people it's not the best way to communicate there's all all these things so once you realize that your parents were still growing while raising you mm-hmm. it allows them a little bit more of like that that yeah. uh, mercy that grace that you can you can provide them but it does get to a certain point where it's like hey you had your chance to really correct this or at least try and you never took that step yeah I I feel like um, especially like these days having my kids so far apart our, our children are 14 years apart and I feel mm. like they're being raised by two different sets of parents they you know are. what I mean they because, are though um, I always try to be more gentle parent than my mom was yeah. but now I'm even more so even more and it's funny because that little one's sassier than the other one ever used to be and I was just probably because I'm like okay now let's give you choices and stuff and I'm like and then every now and then this uh, black southern mom comes out and I'm like look and he's like, "Whoa, who the hell is this chick? You know, where's the where's the other one?" He's customer like, "Customer service voice off." <laughs> he's like, "I think this one may actually beat me. Let me let me chill the fuck out." <laughs> like, but um, I don't know. I feel like we, I feel like we always want an excuse for why we didn't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When we should go through life always looking for excuse why we have why we're doing what we're achieving and like i think if you look at it from that more positive swing of things the things that you didn't have and negative things that you did encounter will become smaller and smaller and smaller so it's just like being present in the now you know like taking those days off and being like okay this is where i am like like okay so since right before i started um comedy Mm -hmm. i had like a leg injury and because of that injury, my other leg started bothering me. And because yes. of that, yes. um, and then like the inflama- inflammation of my muscles, because I'm like, um, I have mobile joints, I'm overweight, I'm old, I did a lot of yoga, I did a lot of working out. And so it made things worse. And I've been in pain almost every day since I've met you. <laughs> and the thing is, is I could focus on that and focus on how I'm not where I used to be. Yeah. Or I could just be present to all the amazing things that I do have going on. Yeah. The amazing friends, yes. the um, just the growth that I get to see from other comics Correct. and you other friends. You could harp and on that. But and, and I just choose to not, like, I mean, yeah, it's there and I'm working through it, but yes. like that's not who I am. It, I don't I, those bad things that happen to you are not all encompassing of who you are. So like when um, when we have like a bad trip or this and this um, my family, I go. We're having an adventure. Yes. We're on an adventure. Yeah, exactly. And like we choose it because it. And one thing, it kind of cracks us up because we're like, we all know that adventure means this sucks ass. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we're aware of this, but we choose to make fun of it and push on. Yes. And so then we're like, this is just an adventure, and that's all it is. Dude, we just had that yesterday because um, I was taking the kids on a hike. 
and I knew it was going to be a little longer. And Sheila. Sheila doesn't hike. She's She actually just uh, had went to the doctor finally. It's got like early stages of bronchitis. I'm like, do you even putting this off forever? So anyways, I'm trying to get this hike because I'm trying to instill in the kids, you know, you got to fight a little bit. You got to struggle. You got to do this and that. It was cold. It started to rain. But by the time we got out to the mountain, it was pretty clear. And I was like, okay, we're going to be fine. As soon as we, we got all our jackets on because it was getting a little colder, we noticed that the storm was coming towards us. So then we had to turn around like 10 minutes in and call it quits. And we just weren't prepared. We weren't prepared for that, that level of storm. It was cold and windy and wet. I oh could do God. two of those, yeah. but not all three at once, right? The wind is the killer. The wind is yeah. the killer, yeah. And my, my daughter had one layer on her pants, and it was oh, caught no. in. It was soaked through. So oh, listen, no. I'm all about for adversity, but we, we're not doing it right. So we turned around, and we had an adventure. My son's like, Dad, why would you ever set this up? And I'm like, dude, it's the weather. You can't really predict exactly how it's going to go. I was like, but we could have done a better job. But also, um, Sheila's dad is full of stories. Um, crazy story. He's done everything, right? So my girlfriend's dead. And uh, he, my son is always asking him to tell a story. And Aww. he never fails. He always has a story. And I, I go, have you noticed every one of Henry's stories is how someone got hurt, some, something bad kind of happened, something where they had to overcome. Watch all the movies, all the stories, all the shows that you watch all have a moment where you have to rise above and overcome. Yeah. So it is an adventure. It is an adventure. Because if we get too comfortable... It gets boring. It, it doesn't serve us anymore. We have to have moments where we rise to the occasion and become better than we thought we were. Um, I, f- I find that some people, when they hit a huge goal that they've created for their life, they hit depression. Yeah. Because they don't have another step after that. Yes. It's something you've poured so much, in, poured so much into. And, um, and another thing I've noticed is we as humans try everything in our being to a- avoid discomfort. Yeah. I don't want to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm, I want mm-hmm. it now. I want happiness instantly. Yep. But the thing is, is if you're always comfortable, how can you really truly appreciate and savor the extra special moments? Yes. You need those bitter moments. You need them. You need the spicy moments. You need the dry moments. You need the sadness and stuff to help you fully embrace you and appreciate. Yeah. You need yeah. to compare it. Hey, it's it's been so bad. So this is this much better because I know how bad yeah. it's, it's been. It's it's the the love ladder, right? You're gonna be in love, and you're gonna climb each rung, and you're gonna feel love, 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 even more. But as soon as you fall off, it's going to hurt that much more because it was that strong. It was that strong of a bond and a feeling. So just be grateful in in that sense. Don't shun it away. Acknowledge it. Take it in. Yeah. And then just know that it's, it's, that's not forever. Yeah. I, I don't feel like some people go, I feel like some people are like, well, you, you have to be long suffering and deal with this. Like, and I feel like there's that difference between being downtrodden and oppressed and yeah. going through the everyday ups and downs of life and living. You know With what I mean? Cause like, they Exactly, because some people, they use our thought process to make people content with less than. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, just like you get a pizza party instead of an actual <laughs> livable wage and raise. But, you know, <laughs> but no, like, um, like, I always say when you lose someone in your life, that pain you feel from their death, that's your heart paying respect to the love that was built. Yeah. That's like your heart just saying, mm-hmm. we have something here and mm-hmm. I miss it. That's 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 respect. 
sorrow and loss is respect. That's all that shit is. That's that's like we made something here, you know. And it just I as much as it hurts, you yeah. need that hurt. You, you need do. that hurt because if you don't, how are you fully? How will you fully move on and be healed? Like like um, road rash or a burn. When you go to the burn unit, the first thing they do is scrub the fuck out of that wound. Oh, because, God. Because they want to clean out the, the road that yeah. may be in there, the rocks, the oh, dirt. Oh, God. Yeah. And it's excruciating. But the thing is, is if you let that heal over with all that street and dirt and debris in there, it may look healed, but that's going to fester. It and is. it's going to erupt at a time that you don't expect it. And it's going to be so damaging for yep, you in yep, the long yep, run. Yep, yep. So you have to heal. You may have some scars. You may have some pain. You may have that that ugh of it, but how much better will it be in the long run? Exactly. You know what I mean? Do you want to heal now or you want to suffer later? Like, what the fuck do we want to do? Dude, like, everything you're touching on right now is shit that I've been going through recently. <laughs> and, and and that what you just said is that my my son um, just the other night he caught the the um, the gate door, um, the screen door mm-hmm. um, to Sheila's house and scraped the fuck out of his Achilles. Remember how often that happened as a that. kid? I've done that. Oh, that's so. So painful. that just happened, and he's like cr- yelling out in pain, and there's nothing we can do. I'm trying to put ice on it. He doesn't want anything to touch it. I was like, cool. But then I'm like, hey, we gotta wash it out, dude. He's like, it's gonna hurt. I was like, I know, but mm-hmm. how much more is it gonna hurt when you let it fester and we don't there clean it properly, and you have to go to the doctor, to the hospital, this and that. So <laughs> there you go. You are an empath. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Um, I. I I feel like I want to live my life as like trying to be like real yeah. and authentic. Yeah. And there's and there's certain times. Have you ever been around someone and you find yourself like trying too hard? Yeah. Or and you're like, Ugh. well, especially in the biz in the business. You're like, because it's always like what I got going on, who I know, what my next move. You know? Yeah. And I'm like, well, who who is this? Shut up. This is not you. Like like stop talking like this about like like around this person. Yep. And so I do. I do find I struggle with that sometimes around people because I just want them to see that I'm not the nerd that I think I am. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a cool nerd. I'm not the nerd that you don't want to be around. You really want to be around me, you know? But, um, you know, I never realized I had anxiety until after I had my five-year-old. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, my whole life, I just thought... Well, I've been 2019. <laughs> I was rolling into 2020. Yeah, well, yeah he, well he, uh, 2018. The end oh, okay. of 2018. So, um... Yeah, I didn't even realize that all that overthinking, all of the other things, I didn't realize that was anxiety after my, my son was a preemie. And I worked out the whole pregnancy. I, like, literally lost weight in my pregnancy. I was doing yoga. I was, like, yeah, everything. Yeah. And, you know, just old. Old lady having a baby, and he came early. And That dick is I, good. Yeah, <laughs> right? I just wanted a nap, you know? I just ah! wanted a back rub and a nap. He was like, nope. Um... So I, I remember um, in labor, I I was unable to breathe. Ooh. Like, but but not. This is what happened. I would start to go, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and for months after my son was born, every now and then I would just be functioning in life, and my 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 body would spontaneously gasp for breath. Really? And it was the weirdest thing, and I didn't, and no one, like, everybody thought I was, like, like weird. I didn't yeah, feel, it was just, and I talked to a doctor one day, and she was like, I think you have anxiety. And I started, like, reading more into it, and I'm like, oh, that, yeah, that sounds really fucking likely. Yeah. And, it, and the eventually that, that gasping for breath yeah. went away and whatever, 
And that, I mean, it, it shows you right there. If you don't constantly work on this shit, your physical body will holler at you. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, chill the fuck out. Pay attention to me. I need help. You know, yeah. like we, we're ice and knees. We're putting band-aids on shit. But we're, <laughs> but we're ignoring like the fucking engine of okay. the car. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like, like you see those people driving these nice ass cars, but they never do any of the fucking maintenance. They're like, I don't know when I got an oil change last. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why it broke down. Well, the little things so that is true anxiety and stress is definitely the silent killer and i've been feeling that lately before shows before like showcases and whatnot Mm -hmm. where i'm just like i'm i I wake up in the morning way before my alarm and i'm just like taking small breath Uh uh-huh and you know i'm i'm I'm, i don't know i want to blame it on the weed you know because like i smoke a little bit before i go to i go to bed because i like to write at at night when i'm when I'm a little high, it allows different things to kind of hit, you know, and, and me to analyze things in a different angle. But it'll also be like, hey, you didn't do enough to prepare for the show. Hey, uh, you might want to write one more roast joke. Mm. Hey, you may you may want to do this. You may want to do that. And while anxiety to me is a, is a sign of intelligence because you're weighing out almost every option yeah. that can happen. You know, it's it's the, the blind, like nothing's going to go wrong. Like that's like the people that are just like living in bliss. Yeah. It's the really intelligent people that are like, hey, have you analyzed this angle? What if this happens? And it leads to this, this, and then that yep. domino yep, That overthinking, that's yeah. me all day long. Overthinker. <laughs> I, um, I always tell people it's good to have nerves. It's, mm-hmm. I, I think it's great to have nerves for yeah. you going to stage. Yeah. Um, what I've started to do with nerves is I don't want them to ever go away. Good. But what I focus on yeah. is Good. controlling my time, my breathing. So there'll be times mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like I had a bullet spot the other night, and I didn't Ooh. know he was going to call me up like immediately. Well, let them know what a bullet spot um, is. The bullet spot is basically the first person up. Like you are taking that cold crowd, and you're trying to lift them up taking and bring them in. You're taking a bullet for the rest of these fucking people coming out, man. And so I get up and I'm like, like I'm, a, I'm like out of breath. I'm like rushing to the front because I was like, I bet you he's gonna call me. I bet you. And I run up, and I and I, I get on stage and I realize I didn't do what I normally do when I get on stage. And when I get on stage, I literally before I even start, I take like a half a second. I just go like, because it's my fucking time. That is if they a good give move. you five minutes on stage, it's my fucking time. That is a if good I want to take ten seconds to take a breath. I'm going to do it. Do you know one of Michael Jackson's best performances was him pausing on stage at that one, like, football game or something? I mean, part of the Michael Jackson part, but I'm just telling you his iconic performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what he did was pause. And it just amped that crowd up because they yeah. want it. They're on yeah. edge on it. Yes, yes. So it's yes, my yes, fucking yes, time. Yes, yes, if yes, I want to yes. take a time to center myself and take a deep breath, that's what I'm going to do. And I think it humanizes me, too. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think it makes them see, oh, wow, she's a human up here that needs to breathe. Exactly. She wants, And so I try to think of those things like when I watch other people perform, I love to watch them and the little things they do. But I love to watch the crowd and how the crowd feels them and reacts mm-hmm, to them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when, when like I'll catch someone off a of stage and I'll be like, OK, look, they really liked you. Or when you did that one thing, the crowd really reacted this way. And I will tell my friends that sometimes if I've had a chance to really assess that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Another thing is if I become self-aware on stage, I've lost the whole fucking set. When I'm on stage, 
I'm not thinking about what I'm wearing. I'm not thinking about um, how I look. I'm not thinking about, you know, do I look old? Do I have this double chin? Do I look whatever? Um, but the second I start to think about being me or self-conscious or whatever, I'm out. And I can tell. Like, I, I'll tell my friend. I was like, you were telling this one joke and you became self-aware. And that's when you lost it. And they'll be like, yeah, I got da-da-da-da. And I'm yep. like, yep. yep. The second you think about you, mm-hmm. you are fucking out. Because it ain't about you. Like, it is so not about you. You... It's a whole, like, disconnect. It is a whole fucking disconnect, it man. Is. It's so crazy. It is. You're plugging into the ether. So you, you you felt a certain way about bringing out Michael Jackson because of the history, right? And it's like... Yeah. Um, to me, as an artist, uh, you know, I do music, you know, comedy, I draw, I've done logos and stuff like that, graphic shit. Um, when something is calling you to for it to be created, it is different. We, everybody talks about the ether. You talk to any great artist, they're like, it just flowed through me. Mm-hmm. I was just the vessel that was chosen. So mm-hmm. I will I will hold their artistic output separately from what they did yeah. as a yeah. human. And and for one, that allows me to appreciate both in a sense because every human has redeeming qualities, but also acknowledge the fact that that human could easily be me if I made if I lived their life yeah so for us to sit back and just say like that's the worst person of all like I could never do that you don't know what you are capable of if you were in their shoes yeah and that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that like Everything is like okay. I'm okay with everything that happens with anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, name an artist. They've they've all fucked up because they're human. And when you're creating, you're opening yourself up to the ether, and that's mm-hmm. the art that flows through you. I I also so 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 for me, I feel like if you knew someone was a shit person but created, but is currently creating amazing art and benefit from me and you still supported them that's where i take objection you're not going to get my money yes but when you think historically speaking how many movies plays paintings um tv shows were created and written by absolute horrible people but we didn't have detailed research departments yes. to tell us that these are that horrible people. That is a people. very good point. So we I praise am, these people and we don't think it out. Yes. <laughs> we don't know. If I, yeah, if I know that like, you know, Michael, you know, Michael, so it's just like Michael because he's on the list, right? Or we're already on, on, on that subject. So if I know that he's at his ranch, knowingly at the moment, like, having the fucking worst, name drop the worst yeah. scenario, and yeah. then it's like, um, hey, so are we going to go to your show tonight? Cool. And I go to it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That, yeah. Is, that, is, that is different. So you, you do bring up a good yeah. point. I am in, in hindsight, no. you know, saying I, we did not know about that. Yeah, exactly. And, and so I can, especially because those pieces have infiltrated our life so much that they're already a part of our life on a different level than what mm-hmm. is now. Mm-hmm. But that's just reading any his, history book read anything in history you'll you can adore any sort of culture but reading their history you can't just be a flat-out patriot to any big entity because they all have their dark sides well we we um all of our histories are founded on some kind of chaos 
mm-hmm. violence, yeah. upheaval, upheaval. Yes. And so, like, um, what our Declaration of Independence was signed by how many slave owners? Exactly. You know what I mean? You know, like we still have. You know, our our whole country was created mm-hmm. by so many things. Our country is is the greatness of our country today. We were given those abilities because. We had cheap labor for a few hundred years, or we had this, or we had that, you know, love it or hate it, you know, we're here and we have to make the best of the outcome of situations, you know what I mean? You know, um, does not excuse past deeds, but we're here, Mm -hmm. you know, and and what it is is we decide today to be better than we came from. Yeah. Just like, just like with our whole familiar situation, you know, like, um, I always thought, one day I'll write a book or a play or have a company and the purpose of it would be to make each generation better and it was going to be um, what was it going to be um, oh my god what was the name um, one up because you know how you're always trying to one up other people yeah, I want yeah, to try yeah. to one up the generation before me yeah. and I want the next generation to one up me like I always felt like my mom was jealous of me because I had availability things available to me that she never had I had a college degree and I left Louisiana and I did all these great things. I got married and da 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 mm-hmm. and and I felt a little bit of her was jealous of me. Mm-hmm. And I want my kids to be better than me. Yes. Like yeah. I couldn't even imagine being jealous of my kid. I mean, you've never seen my kids. They're gorgeous. My daughter's gorgeous. It, she's studying engineering and everyone keeps asking her, what? Are you a model? <laughs> like she is, she's gorgeous and she's kinda like, I'm smart. Why don't people ever ask me about smart right. stuff? Yes. And um, that is the torture that the plight that beautiful people. Oh have my gosh, she's though. gorgeous, yes. and it's like, and I'm like, I don't even know if I ever want to bring her around these comedians because she's too pretty. I'm like, I, I don't want to have to beat all of you guys up. Like, who's that over there? Don't fucking worry about you it. <laughs> you let me know, girl. I'm like, but no, and she's so smart. She's so insightful. Um, even the five year old, he's in preschool, and the teachers are like, talking to him is like talking to another adult. Yeah. He's using big words. He gets like, you know, he gets life a little deeper, mm-hmm. you know, and um, that's a testament to I, how you speak to him. It, well, yeah. You know, I mean, I never did that baby talk stuff. And like we, you know, we speak as humans, yep, you know, yep, yep. and um, I don't know. I just I just I want better. I want better for all of us. Yep. I want it's my kids included. You yep. know, I mean, and I told my daughter, I said, you know, one day you may meet someone and they're going to tell you. That your mom is bossier, your mom's this, your mom's that, or whatever. I want you to know that my goal in life has always been the best for you and for your future. Dude, I literally just told my son that the other day. And I said, but everyone you meet from here out, what they want for you is always going to be what's best for For them. For them and their advantage. You know, I said, you know, because when she gets out of school, I was like, you can stay as long as you want. You can leave now. I said, I just want you to be happy, healthy. I want, you know, you to have your bills paid, whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want kids. Because she's female and she's pretty. Every single person I say is, well, she'll change her mind one day. Maybe she'll change her mind. Why does she have to? Don't do it. Why does she have to? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, pay your bills. Go get a house. go, Go travel. See the world. Yes. I said, as much as I love you and your brother, I was like, I'm telling you now. 
Oh, we'd have so much fucking money and time if y'all weren't here. I was like, I love you. Don't, I mean, you know, but I'm just saying, I wouldn't miss y'all if y'all weren't here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we had this whole hilarious conversation about it, and then we're both very aware of how horrible the conversation was at the same time. I'm like, no, no, no. I love you. I love you. But I'm just saying. <laughs> it's a tough combo. But you no, know, I mean, that's the truth. Because how old is she now? She's 19. Yeah, man. I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah. She, I mean, a 19-year-old fucking 200 years ago was was Shooting halfway had a kid through, or two. Yeah, was halfway through her motherhood. Yeah. yeah, on, yeah. On the way to her deathbed at 32. You yeah, know? yeah. And yeah. she's she's really um, she's really um, able to like read people too. Um, there was a guy who um, wanted to like date her, and she just thought they were just being friends. And then in hindsight, she would tell me stuff he'd said, and she was so smart. She like, she knew without really knowing she knew. Yeah, yeah you know what gotcha. I mean. Like he's like, like um, she's very quiet, but in college she's been able to like come into her own skin and make friends and stuff. And she'll be like walking across campus, and people would know her. And she's like, I was n- never happened in, in high school. And he's like, Oh, I don't really have a lot of friends. I only really talk to you and my mom. If that's not a fucking red flag, yeah. <laughs> like, and then other little things he yeah. would say, and it's like she just knew, she just knew, and she goes, "Mom, I, she goes, I don't want to date. I just want to like be friends, and maybe one day we're kind of like, oh, you know, Beautiful. like." So yeah, at her age, I was like, <laughs> let's just say I was a lot different. <laughs> let's just <laughs> let's just say I had a lot of friends. <laughs> Can she mentor my daughter? Because that's exactly <laughs> what I want her mentality to be. Like, I, I'm telling my kids, listen early 30s mid 30s like that's when you can start taking shit seriously mm-hmm. because before then it's just a shit show it, it really, really is. is you don't know who you are like no. i mean i love getting older like i'm gonna be 48 in the month and i love it because i tell you what i don't care if you don't like the decision i've made for my space so like, um, oh my gosh, I don't know how much of the story you want, but I found my father Give through it to ancestry. Me long dick style. So I found my father through ancestry. Not that story though. Like, okay, Not that okay. Story. No, 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 go. No, go. but I did. Ancestry, yeah. I, I, through ancestry.com, I found first cousins. Turned okay. out we're all from Louisiana. Gotcha. Two of them live an hour away from me here. No shit. Yeah. Two of them have been on been on TV and music videos that I've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not knowing they were my first cousins. I'm literally related to the woman who Tiana from The Princess Frog is is based on. Oh, really? Her, she uh, was a chef in New Orleans named Leah Chase. She died a few years ago. Uh-huh. Never got to meet her. Um, but I'm literally related to her. She yeah, married yeah. on my dad's dad's side, so my grandfather's side. And it's so crazy. Anyway, so I found my dad... Um, through Ancestry and we haven't met in real life but getting to know him and every time I talk to him he's not my sort of people but just knowing he was family yes I was putting up with conversations that made me uncomfortable yep yep that I didn't like well you you, you have to because as much as you don't want to think about it he is you is a part of you you came from him so you need to figure out that person to a certain extent because figuring out that person allows you to figure out yourself as well yeah but i don't have to i've recently decided i just i don't answer calls and and whatever because i just i couldn't 
I, I was making space for someone who, when I first found him, didn't want to make space for me. He tried to deny it There's and stuff like difference. that. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't like a quid pro quo. You did me this, I do you that kind of thing. It's because if I could cut off the woman who raised me because she was toxic, why would I not cut off the stranger who happened to get, contribute DNA? Yeah. He's a stranger to me. Yes, mm-hmm. and I real I don't owe him space at all. You do not. And um and like and then it's funny just because we're related I feel a little guilty about it but I'm kind of like no like the stuff he talks about is so counter to way I think and believe and we've had conversations I'm like well yeah see you've already had conversations yeah being like hey view it this way and they're just like stuck in their ways I'll give you an example one of the last conversations we had he was complaining about the pride decor at work well. I don't tell everyone this, but I'll tell you guys, and I don't give a hair, fuck who knows, but I consider myself queer. Mm-hmm. I'm in a monogamous relationship, yeah. but I am. I consider myself queer. I don't care if they're trans or woman or male or whatever. Yeah. Um, energy, chemistry is chemistry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said that the pride decorations at work were hurtful to him. Hurtful. And it, it's hurtful to me. And I said, you know what? Even if I didn't agree with their lifestyle, yeah. I would much rather the people around me feel loved and yep. accepted exactly. in this world than not. I said, did you know that isolated teens and young people in the queer community that don't have a support system are is probably a wrong statistic, but I want to say it's 40% more likely to attempt or commit suicide. Mm-hmm. I would rather my kid here and live in a life I'm not crazy about than dead. Yeah, exactly. Or vulnerable. So, they don't view it and, that way. They're just like, oh, it makes me feel icky. It makes me question my own, you know, sense. It's like, why? I couldn't do it. No. I couldn't do it. I have I have a sibling who I grew up with that is still, they are going to be 54 this year. And they're still confused because of the way they were treated when they were younger. Exactly. And I'm like, I can't be part of that. Yep. I can't, I can't be part of that. What's funny is um, being a balloon artist, um, there's a lot of queer people in the balloon world. Really? I was like shocked. Like every like men, women, like like it's that's I think it's maybe the whole magician circus freak world, like <laughs> like everyone's a freak. Like yeah. don't assume because they're male and married to a woman that they're straight. Because yeah, you'll yeah. find out some stories that I'm oh, like yeah, for sure. I'm like, ooh, those two are used to it. you know, like it's <laughs> it's crazy. Like balloon people are freaks. Really? Like So what got you into the since we're on that topic, what got you into balloon art? Um, it was pandemic. My daughter was turning 16 and sure. we had all this extra money because yeah. we had saved a whole lot of um, money to go on a huge trip that year. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Then the world shut down. Yeah. Two, two weeks after I tried weed for the first time. How dare you? God punish us all. <laughs> I know. I know. I said I took two puffs and I so and the whole world shut down. I said I got so fucking paranoid from this joint. I thought the coronavirus was my fault. <laughs> I was like never again until last year at Mardi Gras when I when I discovered edibles. Oh, <laughs> that, yeah. Those those are amazing. It's a, it's a different high. It's different. It's different. I'm 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 a I'm type A. So I. I don't do anything mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. any like um, booze or whatever to excess typically because uh, I need to be I need to be aware you need to be within I need to be your in own control. means yeah, I exactly. need to be in control I don't like most people like this is uh, cranberry juice like most people yeah, don't realize too. most people don't realize that I 
if you see me, 99% of the time, I am sober as I'll get out. Is my boyfriend standing in the back of me or something? No. Oh. Oh, there's a ladder. Oh. Not the former. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, the fuck were you talking about, man? Um, balloon people. Balloon are. Balloon people. So, yeah. So, my daughter turned 16, and I thought, well, we're in Corona, but I want to be able to have some big party for her for yeah. 16. Okay. So it was her and her two little girlfriends that were going to come to my house and have a sweet 16 party. Okay. It was, you know, very socially distanced because both of their parents worked from home. Like, everybody was, like, you know, corona negative and everything. So I tried to hire a lady to make an elaborate balloon display. She was so rude to me on the phone. No, I can't do this. No, I can't do that. Like, she was not trying to get my business uh-huh, at all. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. I, I'll, I'll ask my husband. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to my husband and call you back. And I hung up the phone and I went, I'm going on YouTube. Yeah. And I went on YouTube and I showed myself how to make, like, a balloon tower. Uh-huh. It was hideous. Yeah, But I and, I and I blew it up my mouth at night when she was asleep. She had no idea. And I de- decorated the whole house with balloons while she was asleep, all mouth inflated, which which boggles Holy my mind shit. right now that I did anything with mouth inflation. Ah. Um, and I just loved it. And I kept making balloons, and people kept asking me for more balloons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I started seeing people make twisted things like flowers and stuff. Uh-huh. And then I started looking up those videos. I had no idea how to make the simple balloons because I literally jumped in with elaborate stuff. So I started making, make, um, meeting balloon artists. And remember at the inauguration of Biden and they had um, Bernie Sanders with the mittens sitting yes, there? Yes, no, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I made a Bernie Sanders sitting in a chair with mittens. Oh, really? And it was really good. Yeah, and yeah. this guy, I, I found this balloon group on Zoom. And this guy goes, you made that? That was the best one. He's like, how long have you been doing balloons? I'm like, three months. And he's like, are you serious? Because I was making shit that was far beyond my means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like dresses at like six months in. Like yeah. I said, I was telling mm-hmm. you earlier, my friend had been doing dress, doing balloons for twenty years, had never made a dress before. So, but I had no idea because I didn't know anything to compare to or anyone to compare to. So um, now I've gone to conventions. I I don't compete, but I have competed a couple times. I got like second place for an original design. I will be teaching at a convention in Chicago next month called Twist and Shout. Yeah, you were mentioning And it's this. an international balloon convention. Like, there's people coming from New Zealand, um, uh, the Netherlands, Germany, England. Oh, my God, everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere. Mostly Americans, but a lot of internationals mm-hmm. as well. And it is like, if you want to learn from the best, Twist and Shout is, like, the best place to go. Nice. And the fact that I get to teach there is, like... Holy crap. Was and it a whole weekend? It's a whole week. And I actually get paid to teach there. And then um, I did comedy a few months ago in Vegas. And I did um, open mics while I was there for a different convention. We need to talk because I'm going to be and there at the end of the month. I will tell you where to go. Okay, okay. And so and people had seen me perform there. And I've gotten two bookings from people that saw me in Vegas. Just that like one was a guest spot was open house. And um, I open house, open mic. And um, one of the guys lives in Chicago, and he messaged me that night on Instagram. He's like, "One of the exact dates you're gonna be in Chicago?" And I was like, "Oh, we got open mics." He's like, "No way! I want to try to book you while you're here." Fuck yeah! And I'm like, so I tell everyone, if you're in Phoenix and you have not gone to Vegas to do comedy, get your ass there. There's open mics every night, even if they're not listening to you, because there's one room where they did not live it. Listen, 
The room was so hard it made Devil's Advocate look like an easy room. Really? Like, I had a guy, and I knew he was a new comic, and I was like, well, he'll definitely listen to me. He turned, looked at me for three seconds, and turned all the way around with his back to me. Jesus. The room was so rough, there was a homeless guy sleeping in a booth. No fucks were given about anything. I almost gave up on my set. And I was like, you know what? I don't know these people. Who exactly. cares? And I dedicate it to the set. Yep, yep. And had I given up, the next night when I went to a different room, when I had to ask that guy to bump me up the list because I had a, a, a guest spot, he might have said no. Oh, no. I'm, why would I Why would I bump you up? You just give up on sets. But I saw it out. And by the, my five, I had them. But it took a good two and a half, three minutes to get them to give any crap about me. It yeah. was a hard room. But I learned so much. I, like... I learned that like you have to give your show as if everyone gives a shit. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can't, you can't give up on them just because they gave exactly. up on you. Yep. So anyway, back to the balloons. Yeah, I'm doing the convention in Chicago. I'm super excited. Um, oh, I made wine out of some scrap balloons, but <laughs> I don't have. I didn't have enough for your beard. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. So this is clean shaven wine. He's so adorable. Back back when he was kind of chunky though. Yeah. Because this is just it. it's chunky wine. <laughs> there you are, Juan. Oh, mijo. He's so cute. You know, like I even gave you the part and everything. Yeah, you got it. You got that part down. <laughs> I love it. Don't turn, then I'll see your bald spot in the back now. <laughs> I know. It's coming. No, you don't. Stop. <laughs> But no, I love it. I it's super cool to like be able to like pick up a balloon and create something. You know, like when I was in Vegas, one of the first conventions there, I made an actual slot machine and when you like pull the handle, I could make the dial spin. And so it looked like it spun like a oh, real shit. slot machine. Dude, what? I've made um, dresses. Um, well, I've made costumes, like a eight foot tall costume you can get inside of. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing, and we should have a runway show with you making all. The <laughs> yeah, we have those. We um, and my dresses would be nothing compared to those the stuff I see. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I was going to tell you about something. I don't remember. Anyway, I'm an asshole. I it's all your fault. I interrupted. It's all your fault. How dare I? No, but I love it. It's it's such a neat thing, and comedy when you first get into it because I'm only at about five and a half months now mm-hmm. um, comedy when you get into it like at our stage we're not making shit Hell no. and so my balloon business pays for it you know like the more balloons I do the more trips I can do so my um, I've created a goal for my comedy this year mm-hmm. my goal is to do all the major clubs in Arizona. Yep. Like, I mean, in the Phoenix area. I mean, I don't know all the major clubs, but but there's a, like, I've done improv, but there's a couple other clubs I haven't done that I want to be in. Yeah. And then, so that's one goal. And the other goal is to do comedy in six states. Okay. So I'm going to Chicago. I'm going to do some there. I'm yep. going to Vegas. I'm going to do some there. Yep. I'm here, but I'm not going to count here, but I'm going to try. I'm going to do six states. That's a good goal. So, and I think that's doable. I yeah. think that's doable. If you find, you know, find a couch. Somebody's got a couch, you know. Exactly. Um, but I feel like it's attainable, but also when I get it, I won't feel like depleted because there's always somewhere else to exactly. go. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's, that's, it's, it's, a, it's attainable. And it's going to leave you at the end not being like, okay, now what? No, because mm. now what is there's still another 44 states yep. that if yep. you wanted to continue on that realm, you know? Yeah. What's, what's, um, 
What's your like least favorite thing about comedy? I know what mine is. Oh man, my least favorite thing about comedy. What's your favorite thing? The freedom. The freedom to just go up there and do whatever you want. That's your five minutes. I've seen some of the worst shit, you know, yeah. imaginable. Um, you know, short of inciting violence and, <laughs> and all that shit. And I've seen some of that anyways. But um, it's just the complete freedom. The yeah. complete freedom for it to be whatever you want it to be. Because, mm-hmm. again, I came from the music realm and you were talking to the, to the gentleman at the bar about music. And it's just like people box you up real quick. So it's like... We couldn't play certain songs because it's not, well, that's not our genre. Yeah. That's not this. That's not yeah, that. And to that. me, it's like, I want to play whatever I want to play. You know, I want to talk about with whatever I want to talk about. Yeah. You I know? get that. So that, get that, that. that to me, that's, that's the best thing about comedy is the, is the absolute freedom. I don't feel as free. It's nice that you feel that way though. I, I do. Yeah. I don't. I, um, I, that's funny you said that cause I, I was, I wasn't going to bring this up, but as a female comedian, I do feel that I am boxed in by my gender mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, um, I've been told, Oh, your jokes are too sexual. And I'm like, have you talked to me in real life? Yeah. I'm like, I'm a dirty old lady. I'm like, I, I take pride in being one of the bros. Like, you know, I mean, I don't, I've always felt really comfortable around guys and it just, um, I don't know. I just felt less judged by them uh-huh. I don't know I don't know but I mean there's a judgment from everyone of They're every gender yeah. sorry um, oh, cake good. to you um, but um, I don't know I just I don't I don't I don't want to be seen as a female comic if I'm completely honest mm-hmm. I just want to be seen as a as comic, a comic yeah. yeah I really yeah. and I'm judging I do feel like I'm judged by my race as well oh, I think yeah. they see me and they assume a certain type of humor yep like I'm gonna get out and start throwing out the N words and Well you were mentioning that clip I caught you were like, I know what I sound like. I know I sound like a Scottsdale mom. You know? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> so so you know, I experienced that too in a sense in a sense too, because I'm Mexican, but I'm not like hardcore Mexican, right? Yeah. So like the, the Mexican folks are like, Yeah, not Mexican enough. They call you like a pocho? Is that what they call I mean, they never call me anything, but I know I, I know what I feel from yeah. from people. I, I know I know the types of conversations that people choose to have with me because I'm around them having conversations with each other. As soon as it's turned to me, it's 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 a little bit different. It whitens up a bit. Um, I would say <laughs> it, it whitens up, but also it's because of what I portray online. So whenever when when people talk to me in open mics, it's all about their health. Really? Because I'm I'm doing I'm I'm promoting my physical health on my social media as well as <sighs> my comedy. So we we dabble a little bit on comedy, but then it's all like this is what I'm working on. I'm I'm doing this. I'm doing that. So really? I, I I noticed that that people do switch up their co- their their conversations with me, which I appreciate. But also it's like yo, know, I like to fucking shit talk. I right? like to get dirty. Right? I like to do this. You know. So it's like you know, let's not hold that back either. So I, that's what I worry about being like boxed in. But you know, again, growing up Mexican. And being Mexican, but I'm not Mexican enough for the Mexican folks. Like yep. there, there's an old yep. bit, like George Lopez bit, and then you're you're, yep. you're not you're not white, you're not anything else, you know. Yep. So, so it is it is interesting that you that you you do call on that you don't feel as free on stage, which I can see. Yeah. Female comic, black, you know, you 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 have to. Well, oh, you're not talking urban enough, or yep. you're 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 not lady yep. like this and that. Whereas whereas guys and I could almost say like you know maybe white comics can't really say anything too crazy because then people will take them literal you know but as 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 a, a minority and, and a male I guess I do feel like I can say whatever I want because you're kind of 
culture or Disney or any big conglomerate wants my opinion or our opinion because we are a minority. Yeah. So that's why I do feel like I can say what I want because of that. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. I. Um, it's funny. Like you can have twenty people tell you that you're the best. I can't believe how funny you are, and then you can have one person say. Oh, your jokes are too sexual. Mm-hmm. And then that's like and all you hear. Sense, yeah. And it's so funny, but I'm like, but I keep getting booked. Yeah, and it's not for I'm that make, person. And I'm making people laugh. Yep. So like like I'll see comics around and I'll say, you know, it's just not my type of humor. Because yeah. there's plenty that I hear that I don't think are just I don't think funny. But instead of saying they're not funny, I'm like, it's not my type of exactly. humor. Exactly. So, because I don't want to like be the reason someone else gives up on their dream, you know. So, um, and it's not that you can't be critical, yeah. But it's it's you need to find your audience, and you're not going to find your audience playing the same room yeah. every week. Yeah, you that was great about out. going to Louisiana because I was like, how are my how's this mouth going to work back home in Louisiana when I did my friend show? Yeah. Um, and they loved it. You know, there's there's nothing funnier than having an old Cajun man go. Oh, hey, cotton candy, you know, like, okay, cotton candy, darling, you know, and you're like, I have a joke about cotton candy. I won't tell you, but you have to come see me. You got to come out. uh, And I would um, tell you to come out to her birthday show, but that motherfucker sold out. Sold out. out. Yeah, I will be at, um, what's today, Monday, I'll be at House of Comedy tomorrow, uh, the 9th, and then I'll be at House of Comedy on the 14th for their showcase, January 14th. I'll be at the Tempe Improv January 17th. Oh, cool, cool. And that was booked from the guy that saw me in Vegas. Oh, really? So I, I messaged the guy in Vegas Dang. and asked for a, a guest spot. He's like, yeah, sure. And I go do this guest spot in this bar called the 18 Ben. And I hate bar shows typically because people are there to drink. Yeah. They're not here to laugh. No. Dude, I had him. I yeah. had him in a palm of my hands. I knew I was doing a good set when the guy who hosted, who's like half black and half Middle Eastern, I knew I had him when he stood up to laugh and then walked out the hall and then came back in. I knew I had him. I was yeah. like, if you can make a black dude stand up and laugh, you got him. And I fucking Fuck yeah. got him. And um, he was like, afterwards, he found out how new I was at comedy. And he's like, yeah, I wouldn't have let you on my stage if I knew you were that new. He goes, but you killed. He was you like, killed. and he told everybody, we're going to have her back. And he was like, yeah, come back, come back. And I actually connected him with some people here and he'll be in town in like February or March or something like Badass. that. So it's all about those connections. It like is. it totally is. Everything. It really is. Like Everything. always promoting you never know who you know, who you know knows somebody or whatever. Exactly. I told my friend um in Louisiana she filmed her Netflix comedy special and I said sometimes I get these opportunities and people are like, How are you getting these opportunities? It's crazy and I said, Well I'm funny Number one, and I said, and I'm really glad that I know these people because I'm getting all this done, and I suck no dicks. Yeah, <laughs> I suck no dicks to get here. <laughs> I said, don't get me wrong, I might for the right option. <laughs> Zero, none, <laughs> no dicks. Um, but I just love it. I said, I asked you the question, what do you hate about it? What do you love about it? Yeah, so what do you hate? My hate is probably hearing the same jokes over and over. Okay, like which, well, we have to do it. You, have you know, to. we have to do it. And my love is probably a tie. It's the love of watching myself and my friends grow a joke. Like, you ever seen someone start with this premise? Yep. And then it kind of, like, grows. And you're like, oh, that's it. That's it. That's it. I love that. And so then, you hate a joke, the same joke, if it's not growing. 
Yeah, like it there was just go. like like because no, you no, like no, to no. see it grow. No, not necessarily. Sometimes I'm just tired of hearing the same jokes. Gotcha. Because some people just get up and they do the same bit, and it's like you should be writing more. Like you, like more times than not lately, you will hear me up there with mostly new shit. Yeah. Because I can run the say I can run the stuff I know works at home. I can keep practicing at home and my microphone or my friends at Zoom or something. I'm yeah. not gonna use. I'm not going to waste bodies on the same shit I know makes them laugh. Yep. You know what I mean? So, um, but another love is when you're on stage and you're in that one pocket. Well, you know, it's like that. It's that one pocket. You're like, you kind of hit that comedy G spot. And you're like, you're like, they're going to come. They're yeah. going to come right now. Yeah, 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 and it's yeah. all because of me. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, know. I'm like, because like, there's sometimes a room, they just want it. They want it so bad. And that's like, there's times where like, that time when you tell a joke and you have to laugh because you are so mixed up with that fun energy of it. Yeah. Like, um, one of my most vulnerable jokes I wrote last Monday. Okay. And it was a poop joke. Okay. And it's talking about having a poop and stuff. And I can talk about sex. I can talk about this. I can talk about all this dirty stuff. But something about selling a poop joke and makes involuntary. me so... It makes me so vulnerable. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm talking about yucky stuff on stage. And I talked it... I riffed it on Monday. And by... I don't remember the last time I did it. Thursday when I did it, I had the joke. And it was locked in and fucking hilarious. Yeah. And I'm like, it was the joke. And it was so fun to like, I grew a joke in a freaking week. So do you write it down as well? Or do you just type it out on your phone? Or I you- type it on my phone. And then I, I talk it out. I'll do it on stage. And once it's there, I will write it in my book. And then from the book, it goes to the index cards. And the oh. index cards are my lineup. So I'll have a card with each joke on it. And when I'm ready for a set... If it's a five-minute set, I'll typically have, like, five or six cards, depending on how much time I think I need to take on those. And that way I can look at those cards and lay them out like a storyboard for a movie. Yeah. And so that's how I – because I'm a visual learner, so I need to see the layout of what's going on. And Mm -hmm. then I'll go, okay, this intro and then this one. Storyboard. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I'll I'll move it around my board or in my hand. Like, okay, I want to do this one so I can call back to this or whatever. And, um, And I voice record almost all of my sets. Yes. And then, like, today I was listening to some of them today, and I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, why am I talking so much? Because cause if you don't have the joke, you talk way too much. You do. Because you, yeah. you're trying to sell the joke. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you don't have to tell it. You don't have to sell it. Just, just fucking shut up. Just yep. take out half of those words and go. Yeah. Like, that's, a, that's a compliment I got. You were here for my set. Uh-huh. But Cole uh, East. Okay. Yeah. He, he came up and was said, hey, man, really great set you had. Uh, I didn't hear an um or a so or anything like that. And I go, I go, you got to be shitting me, dude. That doesn't sound <laughs> like me. And he's like, dude, he's like, I was, I was very impressed. You had a callback. You had this and that. And to me, it, it, it gives me more. Yeah, uh, yeah. Obviously, I want the audience to laugh. But also when, they, when someone like that takes time, that hosts shows, throws shows, does all that to come over and say, hey, man, I noticed this, this, and this. Nice. Keep it up. Nice. You know, that, yeah. that, that is awesome. And that was a testament to that new bit that I was working on that 
you know, was was refined and had an economy of, of words. words. There wasn't yep. a lot of filler, which I mean, honestly, in hand, in hindsight, I still need to edit it. Yeah. I mean, I've I've only been fucking saying it for a week, week and a half at most. So there's tons of edit that still needs to happen. But for him to take that moment yeah. and compliment. So when you take time out of your fucking night to go and, and tell somebody, hey, you did great. This mm-hmm. is what I noticed. The audience did this, like that. That fucking means a lot to people because when you're on stage, you're you you are locked in. If you start to analyze how are they taking this, you're you're becoming self-aware yep. in that moment, and you're gonna lose it. Yep, yep. And that's that's when I feel like lose it because I'll look at the crowd and I'll go, "Ooh, this crowd looks a little conservative. Should I not tell this joke?" Just do it. And then I'm like, you know what? They know where they are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they know where the hell they are. Do just let them decide where they're gonna pick up what you put out. You know. Yep. yep. Um. So I'm learning to get better at that. I feel like. I, I feel like it's um, it's part of just being true to ourselves. Yeah. Like, like let's say I can interact with you in a certain way, which is authentic to me. And if I'm coming from a good place with honesty and love and respect for you, it's for you to receive it that way. Mm-hmm. You may not mm-hmm. always, but it's for you. So if I go out on the stage with honesty and love, authenticity with good intentions how they accept it is on them. Yeah. You know? And yeah. and we have to keep that in our heads. You know? I mean, easier said than done because, you know, when that room's real fucking quiet, you're like, but I respect you. I respect yeah. you. <laughs> 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 Laugh at me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so true. I, I, um, like, I was wondering because I, I, knock on wood, I've never had like a real authentic bomb. There's some rooms that have been a little quieter than others, a little yeah. calmer, but I've never had a, a room where I'm like, oh, they hate my guts. Yeah. And, and, and that's because you, you talk so so um, nonchalantly up there is what I'm getting at. Like, you, 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 the stage, you're owning the stage from, from day one. Because I've had bombs, and it's me because yeah. I'm trying to force my bit. Hey, this yeah. is what I wanted to come up here and say. I'm going gonna, gonna to force feed it to you. Yeah. I, I've, had, I've had harder bits where it's like, the day before the show is already a harder room, but the day before the show, they told me, "Oh yeah, you don't get seven minutes; you only get five minutes." Yeah, that's all. Well, and and I always say, comedy is the only place you'll hear a bitch hollering for those two minutes you promised. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? Five? You know? And, and um. I felt like it threw off my timing and stuff like that. And I still got laughs. I still brought the crowd up. And I actually got a booking off of that. Actually, shoot. I got two bookings off of that because I went home and complained to my friend. I was like, oh, I had a hard set. Da, 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 da. And that's when she offered me the Netflix thing. Uh-huh. And and I'm like, Psh. And everyone's like, Netflix. I was like, don't get excited. I'm not on Netflix. Yeah. It's her special. I just warmed the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I hope she at least puts my name on the screen. Like, thank you to the person who flew clear across the country mm-hmm. and cried at the Houston airport and showed up because <laughs> <laughs> my flight was two hours late. And I'm like in the in there, like driving to Louisiana with 15 minutes to spare to get on stage. Were you driving solo too? Yeah, because I flew to Houston, but my flight was like over two hours late. Jesus. And then it's about two hours and 20 minutes from Houston to Lake Charles, where the show was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it, the rental car was a crap show. Every Everything that could have gone wrong yeah. went wrong. Like like my, my phone was dying and the car didn't have the right 
receiver from my chargers. Yeah. I had three chargers with me. None yes. of them worked in the car. Oh my god! Then the car didn't have gas. I'd immediately get gas, buy a charger that barely worked. Like it was a, it was a whole thing. Like I was literally in the airport going, "Do you know what the shuttle's gonna be here to pick?" Like it was, it was miserable. It was. An and then adventure. I went out and I, yes, there you go. It was definitely adventure. And when I went out and I fucking killed. I murdered. Like, it was like, it was one of those sets, like, y'all really can't think I'm this funny. Like, you think it's like a trap. Like, like what? Yeah. Like, you'll, like, you'll just do something, and they're like, ah! And you're like... Where are the you're cameras? Like, you're like, this wasn't even that funny, but, like, they loved every fucking drop of it. And um, the very next night, I had the whole day to get ready and everything, and I had nerves. Yeah, of course, because you had time to, like, fester yeah, on it and be yeah. like, okay, and you had a great night the night before. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I went out, and the crowd was a little lower energy, but I went out, and I remember um, there was one point on stage, and it was my biggest group, too, so it was like four or 500 people. Yeah. And um, I remember being on stage, and it, and it must have been a pause of, like, two or three seconds. Mm-hmm. Not even that long, but it felt like 20 because I just had no idea which joke I was going to tell next. Yeah. And I just went, and I went, acknowledge it. I mean, that's what I'm thinking to myself. And I just went, huh, silence. And they all just went, bah, and then died laughing. And then I just finished strong and then got the fuck off that stage. Because yeah. I was so ready to get off because I was just like, my body was like, what did you do? Why didn't you do as great as last night? Yeah. And then I mentioned to everyone, I was like, oh, I messed up that one point when I said silence. And then everyone goes, Oh, we thought that was part of the bit. We yeah. had, they had no idea. They had no clue that I messed up. That's 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 um, maturity. That's that's you getting familiar with it and just just acknowledging that. I don't know. That's that's a that's the perfect thing to say in that moment, and that yeah. comes with the maturity. Because before, um, you might just say um or yeah. uh, I don't know, my my <laughs> joke. No, yeah. it's 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 you're filling that spot with something. Still, just like saying, um, like what's next? Oh, what else? Yeah. What? My, that's that's one thing I hate, actually. When people go, what else? What else? Or when they say, I'm working on new jokes. Motherfucker, we're all working on new jokes. Oh, but, I always say I'm working on new jokes. No, no. Well, here, I would never sit on a no. stage stage. Stage stage, for sure. But an open mic. Listen, if it's not working, be like, oh, these are new jokes. And then you're going to tell me an old joke, and it's not going to laugh, and then you got no excuse. <laughs> Listen, we're all working on new shit. We're you all lied. fucking... Yeah, you yeah. lied. I heard that joke a month ago, yeah. you liar. Yeah, no, just 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 own it and do and do your fucking thing. Just go up there and do your shit and be out. That's it. Yeah, I... I, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I, um, I tell you what, though, I listened to, um, who is it? Steve Martin's masterclass. Oh my God. And one of the things he said was say what everyone's thinking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was, that was something that always stands out with me is like, say what they're thinking. Yeah. So when that was quiet, I was like. That's what I would be thinking. Why is it so fucking silent right now? And so that's kind of like my logic. Like, yeah. and then when I make jokes, I kind of think like, say what people are thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe like from a female perspective, like I do. Yes, I am a female and a comedian. Yeah. And I want to be seen as like a comedian, but I am still a fucking woman. So yeah, I'm going to relate to whoever. Exactly. I'm going to relate to every fucking demographic. Okay. I'm married to a white dude. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to get them whiteies on my side. Uh, hey, what's up? Heidi Ho, neighbor. No, just kidding. Okay. That's, that's bad. I'm sorry. Forgive me, white people. Um, you know, I, I wrote a joke last week called I'm a, I'm a terrible black person. 
Go on. And the black people laughed way too fucking hard at the title of this joke. Oh, and man. I'm like, why are the black people laughing so fucking hard right now? And then I go into it, everybody like dies laughing. But mm. one of my scariest shows was a blackout show at Stir Crazy. Okay. okay. And um, I'm like, black people don't think I'm funny. I hope this does not shoot me in the foot, right? Mm-hmm. And when I, I went up, I was, shit, I think I was bullet. I think I was bullet again because it was the host who killed because yeah. she's a fucking firecracker. And I can't even hear what she said. But the energy in the crowd was so good from her hosting ability that I went out. I stood in front of the mic because I always try to do a little pause. I, You know, I try. And during my pause, I just went... <laughs> and I just laughed. Because they were all there. And I wanted to be there with them. And I, and I embraced the laughter. And I think kind of made them want to be with me. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like when I, when I think... When I get on stage, I, I think... I want them to like me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how can I become likable yeah. without being too fucking self-aware in the process? You know what I yep, mean? Yep, yep, so, yep. Um, so I did that because it made me human because she was really freaking funny and I didn't even hear what she said, most of it. And I was still like for it. And so when I did my set, I killed. It was probably one of my best sets. And I remember walking out and I walked past a row full of black comics and they were all giving me like the... And I was like, hell yeah, hell yeah. And then afterwards, they all like hugged on me and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you one of us now. You're one of us. Ah. And I was like, I thought I was always black, but okay. Yeah, exactly. I was like, okay. I have now, it was like receiving my black card back. I was like, yes. Oh, you know. But it, like, that was a big fucking thing for me. Like, because my it comedy is. It is. It's so different from the stereotypical black comic. Yep. And the fact that they liked me and laughed at me and wanted me to be one of them, like... And that's the thing about comedy. It's, it's listen, you're funny. It's funny if it's funny. Yeah. That's yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, we're fans of multiple different, you know, Jim Gaffigan, yeah. Cat Williams, Yeah, I want to be, that's, I want to like, be funny to everybody. I don't want to be, like, pigeonhole funny, Well, you know? that's what that, you, you had mentioned about your poop joke. You're like, I got no problem talking about all this other stuff, but that poop one is like, well, more people can relate to poop <laughs> thing than you talking about your vagina or something, right? You I don't know? talk about my vagina. Why you bring my vagina in this conversation? It's, I mean, you, you're I'm the one that has it I'm talking about other vaginas. You have the one that... <laughs> Whipped it out, right? <laughs> I've talked about other vaginas, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, other people's vaginas. Yeah, I'm. I'm. See, I, Do you have a I'm favorite struggling vagina? right now to behave because I promise not to talk about that certain person right now. So leave me alone. We will not. And her she, big boobs. She shall not be named. And her big boobs and her nice booty. I'm not even a butt person. She got a nice little booty there. You're, 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 you're making me want to quit this so I can go home and hit that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're not talking about her right now. We don't talk about. Okay, we're so, good. So, um, what, like, I guess inspired you to really dive into comedy? Like, what always was, like, wanted to do it. Yeah, literally always wanted to do it. I tried to get on like an improv troupe for my friend who did the Netflix special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, I was like on it, but kind of not on it. And then, like, we did, like, a lot of body work because, like, there's, you know, like, like being physical comic and stuff like that. And I was there, like, a week. That's, like, my extent of it. And I, was, I wasn't I was funny. Like, even in my audition, I'm pretty sure I recycled one of her bits. 
and it just wasn't funny. I had no life experience. And then what's funny is when she would perform, I would tell her a little bit. I'm like, hey, when you say this, try this. And she would do little things I did, and it would kill. And then throughout my life, any of my comedian friends, I would give them pointers off stage, mm-hmm. and they would work. And I'm like, so like I have a I'm like, I'm funny, yeah. but I couldn't like put it out Bring there. Bring yourself up there. And yeah. then I, I, but um, I have some public speaking from like past jobs and things I've done and boards and stuff that I've been on. Mm-hmm. And so I've always been really good at public speaking. But the funny, I just couldn't seem to translate it from like funny at a party to funny on stage. It is different. And then um, Ray Earl, a local comic, mm-hmm. um, moved to Vegas. And that just really like inspired me seeing him in Vegas in July. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to go. I want to go see. Uh, and then I saw my friend Jen and I was like, you know what? Like, worst case, they just don't laugh. Yeah. You know, like exactly. they, they just don't laugh and you give up on it or whatever. But I always like ever since I was little, I knew I wanted to perform. I didn't know it was acting or what because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a decent actress as well. Um, but I didn't know what it was. You know what I mean? And I just I went up my first night and I just like killed. And then my second night I was here and I killed. And then my third night I went to another club in Gilbert and it was less than. <laughs> yeah. The crowd is empty. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think this one young girl liked the fact that I brought up like ass licking or something. I don't remember what it was I brought up. <laughs> it was a joke I don't even do anymore, but it was like I, feel like, I don't even know what I brought up, but, but I, I got a laugh here. Looking. But I got a laugh here, I remember. So I was like, let me do it again. And like no one really like cared. <laughs> and I'm like, but but wait, it was funny, like it yeah. was so weird, but it but it was a club type feel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think it's a little more ability for nerves, and plus it was pretty empty, so yeah. um having a full crowd is key like a full crowd but also like take into account where that crowd is because when i performed at house of comedy last what, week week or two yeah the crowd was tired yeah i mean they had already announced that there was only two more comics and then they brought up another three after oh, those no. two and i was like the first one of the three so by the time i went up i mean everybody's tabs are closed yeah and they're almost being held hostage yeah. there so yeah. yeah there was a crowd and it was a good crowd but they were taxed so that, you, you have to take that into account too. That club, if you do really well there, you really should feel good about yourself because if you're not on like a big comic night show, it's a smaller crowd. Yep. So being that small crowd in the big room, it kind of creates a lower energy mm. because they don't feel the space as much That's as true. if it was full. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. like the crowd may not even be that low energy, but because it's low numbers, it feels low energy. And so, like, I've been, I performed there, like, twice. I'll be there twice this week. Yeah. And um, and I'm aware of that. So when I go up there, I just, like, pretend they're fucking packed house. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to let you guys. I perform the same no matter right? what. Right? You know, like, because, like, um, some people reference it. They're like, oh, you guys are kind of low energy or whatever. And I try to reference it as little as possible because I don't want it to feel like I'm scolding them. Exactly. For not giving me what I want. Yep. I just, I just give them what I want back. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, um, but I I like that room. It's it's a good room. It really is a good room. It's um, but yeah, it it is such a big room that it can feel harder because they didn't feel it that night. Yeah, you don't have the other people. But laughing it's a over Tuesday night. Like, what are people gonna do? Exactly. Way up in the middle of nowhere on a Tuesday night. You know, like it's it's hard to do that. But 
I'm just thankful for the space. Exactly. Because, like, I mean, shoot. No, thankful for the stage. Right? And, and I, I, so when I say, like, I go up there and perform my shit, I mean, I was doing a bit there where I'm literally describing, like, fisting some, <laughs> some a football player to your elbow. <laughs> and I've done it in some crazy empty rooms, you know, because it's like, this is my bit. This is what I came up here to say. And, uh, <laughs> and I'll just I'll, the comics will be like, hey, do I applaud you for just following through with the bit? You oh know, just doing God. that. I was like, yeah, this is oh what I came God. up here to do, man. Like, that's, I'm not gonna change that. And not that I won't roll with the punches. Yeah. But no, this is what I came up here to do. I love it. Yeah. That's really funny. I um, I yeah, there's certain jokes that I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna change this word to this word. Like, like I want to say I I there's a joke where I just stop saying pussy as many times. And what's funny is the joke was just as good. It was just as good. I had a guy. It's the I had a guy. I had a guy come up to me once, and he's like, a, "What is his name? Hannibal Callens, yes. right?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I've only met the guy like two or three times. Really uh, nice, but this was probably like his first time to ever see me. Yeah. And it was at Devils. Probably my first or second time gotcha. at Devils. Uh-huh. And he comes up to me and he goes, "You know that one joke you wrote?" He goes, "That was expertly written." He goes, that was pro-level comedy. He goes, it was so smart. It was so smartly written. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He goes, good job. good." Job. And I literally started to tear up. Because, like, this is me. Yes. These are my thoughts. Yep. These are things I've cultivated. Mm-hmm. And, and to have someone see it as what I think And at is. Callan's caliber, because he's been doing it for over a dozen years. Yeah. Over a decade. Yeah. For sure. To see like someone who's been doing it in the game a while to give me that level of like props. Yep. I was just like, me? Like, okay, thanks. And exactly. I'm like, oh, like, like, literally, I'm like, no, literally, I'm about to tear well, up. You got that's me. That's why it's one of the reasons why I haven't done the chonk, my, my Mexican chonkla bit in a while because he came up and was like, he's like, dude, that is fucking awesome. Yeah. I forget if it was at JP's or here. I forget where, where it was he told me. But I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to shelve that one and and work on these. Now. Yeah. And yeah. I'm actually, I, I'm going to be performing this. So, news alert, I'm going to be perform- performing that bit tonight because that's what I want to do at, uh, or this week, because that's what I want to do at Tempe Improv on the, on Thursday. And that's usually uh, what I'll do if I got a big show. Tempe Improv on Thursday. Yeah. Oh, yeah, on the 11th. The, the, yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're... You're on my calendar. I did not tell you that, but you're on my calendar because Ooh. it's just it's just in case, like you know, babysitter yeah. stuff like that. But For I was sure. like, I you're on my calendar because I wanted to support you if I could get that way. You're too awesome so, in that way. Yeah. But um, oh, this is what I was thinking. Um, one of my first really really good shows um, was the Tempe Improv. Yeah. And the key to having a good set is you got to market. You really do. Like some people just blast it on their Facebook. I literally, I know this sounds like a lot of work, but I'm type A. I would literally take a note in my phone and I write the date of the event. And underneath it, I write who I've texted about that event to remind myself to follow back with them. And I had 50 people at the Tempe Improv. So when I came out, people cheered like I was a big fucking deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the thing is, is when you get that crowd cheering for you like a big fucking deal, like, oh, the hey. nobodies that don't know who the fuck you are think you are somebody and they want you more. Yep, exactly. So you made 50 people validate you to everybody else. Yeah. And I and because I had so many people, they pushed me to the back of the lineup and gave me a couple extra minutes. Ooh. And it was amazing. It was so good. It was such a good set. And I was followed by poor Steve Owens. Oh. Who is hilarious. Yeah, he's great. But 
they wanted nothing from him. Yeah, and he's different energy too. And and he followed me, which was like up a more up energy. Yeah. And there were people literally like leaving through his set, oh, and man. people and I stood way in the back, and people were like found me and were coming up to me during his set, and I'm all like, sh- sh- like trying to like, because yeah. it I, I killed. Yeah, yeah. It was it was like, I'm like that was so good. And so another comic goes, it's better than sex, is it? And I was like. <laughs> I'm like, it's kind of close. It's After pretty good. Night, I was like, right. it's pretty close. I was like, but can it lick my... No, okay. <laughs> can I do that one thing? <laughs> but, oh my God. It was... It was a good night. That was a good one. Yeah, um, yeah you gotta bring people. Like, I still do it. And um, I have a booker, him and Han, with me about a show. And I was like, mm-hmm. look, I got a lot of shows coming up. Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, and I think he felt like since I have a lot of shows come up, I didn't have any for him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, look, I got people on the east side. I can start heating up. And then he messages me back like, well, what about March? I was like, look, I already told you I have a babysitter. Tell me yes or no, because I've already started messaging people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because that's what I do. Like, you know, like my party sold out in two weeks because I made messaging, that shit. Yeah. And then also my birthday party is usually kind of a big deal because... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For some people, life is fast, yeah. and a year goes by before we fucking know it. Yes. And so, um, so my like like last year, my party was um, a blessed performer. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. had adult balloon animals, a DJ, um, unicyclists, juggling, fire performers, all in my backyard. Yeah. And that was seventy people, and the capacity for where my party is this year is one hundred and fifty, and I'm like. I'm only selling 100 tickets because I don't want it too crowded. Dude, we're at like 140 people. Ah. And I'm like... So you do. I'm like, I hope some people flake. I already got their fucking money, but whatever. (laughs) I already got your money. Y'all don't have to show up. What? But Mm -hmm. no. But so next year, we'll probably do it again because it's going to be off the hook. And And then... We don't make any fucking money. So most of the comics that I invited to do this, I'm like, look, y'all going to get tipped, but you're not going to get paid except for the headliner because, like, you know, people people do need to make some money because they are giving up a Saturday for me, right? Exactly. Everybody's getting paid because I was like, if I sell this many, I can at least cover my performers and I can tip my, my comics. Yeah. Everybody's getting fucking paid. Like, good money, too. Like, so I'm like so excited. So next year, people I know will be like begging to do my show because they know they're like, it's a good show and we get paid real money. And plus, it's not a lot of the shows people host these days. It's a lot of comics, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like, no, my show will be like probably 90 percent non-comics. So you're only you're getting paid. You're getting good show and you're getting fresh eyes that have never seen you. Exactly. Yes. Which is which is amazing. You know, because a lot of the shows we go to, we know half the freaking audience because it's all of us going to support our friends. Exactly. You know, so who's like the fresh eyes? Yeah. So it's going to be it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. So it's um, it's called Tits and Giggles. Tits and Giggles. It's going to be at the Rose Room, which is connected to Grand Avenue Pizza. So they'll be able to like order food or show up early and order and then come over. And then there's a patio out back that's this huge patio with like games and stuff. So it's going to be. But next year, I don't know where I'm going to go because. It'll be anywhere. I'm going to have to go like I'm going to go to a room with at least 200. Yeah. So. So I need a venue. We'll find you one. It'll be fun. Yeah. We'll find you one. What are you turning? 
The big old 29? I said 48. Oh, you did say 48. I did say 48. I'm almost See, 50, man. So you're, you're turning 48 in state 48. So it's got to be heat. I mean, that's got to mean something. For my 40th, we did a prom uh-huh. at my house. It was off the hook. It was so fun. Was it promiscuous? Well, one of my friends got pregnant. <laughs> one of them did get pregnant. I don't know if it was at my house. One of them got pregnant. Oh, I don't know. Shit. Um, they named the baby uh, after you? No, his name is Cruz. And the funny thing about his name being Cruz, he's the whitest little fucker you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. Blonde hair, blue eyes. And I'm like, <laughs> the only Cruzes I knew look like you. I was like, <laughs> Simone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sad story. She's no longer with us. Oh, man. Yeah. And Cruz is actually, um, she was with her fiance. And all of their children, so he had one and she had three, and all of them died except for little baby Cruz. What? No joke. They were um, freak action. They were killed by a 16 year old who was on drugs and drinking, and he, mm. yeah, he um, was driving too fast, and like they they said, when she took her left, even if she had looked, what she did, because I knew I know who she was. Um, and she always buckled her kids up. She was the person I talked to when I wanted to make sure my kids were buckled right because yeah. she was such a nerd about it. Uh-huh. And so I know that everything was where it needed to be. And the cop said that he was going so fast that she had no chance because he was doing like well over 100 in this yeah. curve and whatever. And um, so, and she was, dude, she was a badass. Like she was tatted, pierced, crazy colored hair, smoking hot, no fucks given. She could read you and tell you the page for reference. That's how fucking smart she was. Damn. She was 10 years younger than me, and I, I felt like she was my big sister. Really? She was so with it. Like, like she was, and she was hot. I was like, how can you be this cool and this hot? Like, I'm like, this ain't even works. right. That's not how God works. That's not even work. That's not even right. Like, what is wrong with you? You got like 10, you got like 11 toes, right? Is that what it is? Like, <laughs> So to find the flaw. So wrong. So wrong. But yeah, I was like that. Like, uh, and I've I've never like I've never wanted to ever be like um, that extra sappy shit about her because like she won that kind of bitch. Yeah. I was like, if I get too sappy, she'll haunt my ass. Be like, bitch, you better chill out. <laughs> we weren't those kind of friends. You better chill out. You know, like just crazy. She was this white girl from Alaska. You're right. Like, oh yeah, yeah. We yeah. couldn't have been more opposite. You know. Yeah, but she's from Alaska. Yeah, she wild. Yeah, was she? Yeah, she I lived. Mean, in, I think she lived in like Kingman and stuff too. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I know some Kingman. Yeah, she was a trip. <laughs> but uh, and like you know that kind of it's funny how like comedy can make us laugh through those sad times. Oh yeah. Definitely. Well, I spoke at her celebration of life, and I was like, "Yeah, I was like, um, I said something, and everybody just laughed." I was like, "Yeah, I was like, fuck, I can't remember." I basically this was before comedy, yeah. and I had us all like laughing through the tears yeah, and shit, and because that's what it is. Like comedy, it fucking heals us. It is. I have a quote that I need to figure out exactly how I want to word it, but it's um, it's it's based around the fact that comedy is the ultimate truth. It's it. If you can't make fun of something or laugh at it, it holds way too much power. Mm-hmm. You're, you're holding it in some regard where you can't. No, you need to be able to laugh at it. Yeah. And also, it's a very involuntary action. Yeah. So I, I, you're going to laugh no matter what. Yeah. If it's yeah. funny. And this is something you can't control. So to me, that's the ultimate truth. If you can make someone laugh, 
you know, if it's an honest, I mean, there's, we all know fake laugh. That's why you yeah. can spot a fake laugh. That's <laughs> that's why you can spot it's like he this motherfucker. He can't. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know the, the shit you hear in HR fucking meetings and all that shit. Yeah. My bestie uh, Tom, I always say, I can always tell if it's a really good joke if he really likes it. Is he has this one laugh, and if I get that one laugh out of him, I'm like, yes, that's it. Yeah. And it's like his mouth does this thing, and he's like, <laughs> like, and I don't know what it is, but it amuses the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, if I get that one laugh out of Tom, I was like, that's it, that's it. And you know, and like, and he's another person in my life. Like, we are so opposite yeah. in so many ways. Like, even our humor, but we work so well together. We will bounce shit off of each other. And we're like, that's it, that's it. Like. And then, like, I manhandle them because I'm trying to get the rumor started that we're banging. <laughs> so You heard it here first. We're banging, in case y'all didn't know. I mean, I barely know he's there. It's okay, you know. <laughs> oh, wait, because he's not there. No, uh, but no, I was like, I figure people assume because men and women can't be friends, obviously. You know, right, yeah. But uh, uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like with laughter and humor, I think I would rather... Lather? I would rather talking about lathering Tom. Yeah. <laughs> God no, that's so weird. Uh, I would rather laugh through the tears than swim in them. Yes. You know what I mean? Because like, or wallow in them. You know what I mean? Like it's the wallowing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I would rather laugh through it, and it's it really is such a human reaction like burping or whatever like like it just comes yeah it just comes out and it's like it's just it is so good for the soul you know um i thursday night was just an off night for me like i drove all the way to mic drop from mm-hmm. surprise mm-hmm. and it was closed yeah yeah it was and then we Fuck. go to the and we go to the next stop and i get laughs but you can tell some of the more conservative people in the back were not crazy about some of the jokes I had. Which, of course, overshadowed the fact that the rest of the room laughed, right? Yeah, 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 of course. And then we were supposed to go to one place, and then Tom goes to another place because it was closer and this and that. And I was kind of like, I kind of annoyed by it, but it wasn't that big of a deal. Like, I was more annoyed than I needed to be. Uh-huh. And then I show up the next place, which wasn't in my head to go, and because I'm type A, I had to, like realign with the plans changing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which threw my energy off and the whole night I felt like anxious and I felt like my anxiety was up and it was weird and yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. and I was like maybe I should just go whatever I don't even need to work through whatever I went up there were four freaking actual listeners left outside of the bartender and a few comics and I got laughs and I fucking polished up the turd joke and it was amazing and I left feeling so much better and it was like had I left I would have just left sour exactly I would have left you know whatever and I just worked through it and it it was like it really is healing and I think I, I feel like entertaining that's why so many entertainers may struggle with heavily self medicating because it is in itself such a rush yeah and so we seek out that rush on our own and other means. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, it makes me think of uh, Robin Williams. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I remember him saying, uh, I knew I had too much fucking money when I realized how much I spent on Coke every day. You know, and it's <laughs> like, because <laughs> he was trying to find that high, yeah. you know. And then, I mean, towards the end, he had the whole Louis body, Bodies thing, which is just unavoidable. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. 
sad. It's uh, it's 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 hard that it's such a fine line. It really is, you know. And how how can you get great and be great while also continuing to honor yourself properly? You know what I mean? It's a fine line. It is a fine. It's possible. Uh, a lot fewer people are able to master that. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's fucking human. It's being yeah. tough. It's tough being human. How do you how do you manage like everyday life oh, and kids and fuck, comedy? Dude, how dare you? In day life and all that stuff because well, it's one, a lot. There's for a lot one, of the shit. kids are with their mom. Yeah. I see them, um, you know, a few times a week at most. Okay. You know, okay. unless unless it's break and I have them for longer. You know, so oh, okay. so there is that. So I have the benefit that their mom is very hands-on. Sometimes maybe a little bit too much, too overbearing, too <laughs> helicopterish. But listen. why you look at me like that? You, you, you're talking to my husband. <laughs> yeah. Is he talking to you? Yeah. Your, your your name is the sound of helicopter propellers. <laughs> um. So I so I do have that. You know, in a sense, and I, and I've always just been a person that has been out and going to things and places and playing sports and shows and all that yeah. that's, that's, that's just my nature yeah, I've always too. been out going I I don't want to be home I'd rather be out experiencing yeah. the world you know um, so there is that yeah, I do got a full time job you know I got the podcast I'm trying to do the whole yoga and fitness and my workouts and yeah. I'm trying to write music and all that so it's just in, in me there's just a constant thing of like I need to be creating something either with my physical body with my mind with my words with, with something I need to be manipulating the, the world or the room around me to yeah. create a fun good yeah. experience I don't know that's just that's just kind of where I'm at so how does I don't know like I feel like right now I have like a nice little system going on mm-hmm. but you know like I I, I, people are like something has to give, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and I'm sure. like, okay, what's gonna have to give? Because like, I really love my family, and I love the balloons, and I love this, and and I do find like I make less with the balloons, um, like uh, money and balloons, you know, because I'm so busy putting so much into like the comedy world, which yeah. is paying me less. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, I still need to make some money because if I want to do those travels, I want to do this year. The balloons are what pays for it, you know. Um, So um, it is a fine line. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I do. I I always like a challenge anyway. So I'm like, I'll figure it out. But um, yeah, I sure. I wish I could jump 15 years back and just be right back. You know where I was pre pre kids. You know, not a well a good paying job. Not these exorbitant bills that I have now. And then just do do skits skits and, and and comedy and yeah. my fitness and all that like yoga. I need to get my yoga certification I would love to teach private lessons that's cool. group lessons I have a girl uh, for you she's know, amazing the book right here right she's so talented yeah. she is literally my favorite um, yoga instructor before I was diagnosed with any of the stuff going on in my leg we did a body work class and she goes oh yeah it's your hamstring it's like the, the, I go to ortho and he goes yeah you have hamstring tendonitis and I'm like <laughs> she knew she knew just by like looking at how I moved and what I yeah. did and stuff and and uh, yeah she's amazing she's she's so knowledgeable and it's um, there's so much about yoga and life yeah. you know like it's just like with working out in general yeah. like um, 
you're not going to get the green, the gains without a little resistance. Oh yeah, you have to push past that. That's yeah, why. and it's and it's not about hurting. No, just like when, like I said earlier about people going like, oh, the long suffering, like like you're supposed to suffer or whatever. <laughs> no, we're supposed to be challenged. Challenged. Exactly. You know, we're not supposed to like let people try to break us all damn day, but you know, challenge is good. You know. Um, often it heals stronger than it was before. Exactly. You know? Especially as long as as long as you're doing the, if you have correct form in your rep, and you can say that too. As long as you're healing mentally in the right avenues instead of the the poor, yeah. you know, I just want to be comfortable right now. Yeah. You know, and, and then you just start building on top of that foundation. Yeah. Then it's only it's only a matter of time before it crumbles. Yeah, for sure. I um, I I miss yoga. I miss it so much. I um. My regular physical therapist is out for the month, so I had a new guy last week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I need to work on my balance, you know, because I have really good balance. But now with the whole tight yeah. muscles, I feel a little off. Mm-hmm. And I hear him, like, say something to the aid. And I'm like, oh, what? You want me to do this? And I'm all, like, showing off, doing, like, like one leg deadlift with the other leg up in the air and stuff like that. And I'm like, I get done with my work, and I'm like, I'm going to fill this later. Because ah, I, I wanted off. to show off because yeah. I know when I show up in the gym, people expect certain things exactly. of this body. Yep, yep, yep. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let me show you what this body can do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Let me show you. You know, your daddy didn't have no problem with a bitch. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get caught off guard. They get caught off guard like that. I, I want to say one of the best after sex compliments I ever had from a guy was, "You're so bendy." Yes, I am. What? <laughs> what? What? Yes. I mean, I would have preferred him sit tight, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, that too. That was the second thing he said. Well, maybe he was referring to Bendy down there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I need a joke about like uh, other terms to describe a vagina. Like, works well with others. Very flexible, good. welcoming. Yeah, <laughs> I said leaky pussy the other day. That was what the fuck is that? Yeah, I can't talk about That's it. That's disgusting. I know I that can't literally talk about made it. my pussy shrivel up. <laughs> like, looks like an old lady with her teeth out. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that pussy's been sucking on a lemon. <laughs> Saladito, <laughs> so gross. So, um. I get to say your name so much doing Duolingo right now. It's oh, you so do, huh? fun. Oh, because John and Johnny, Juan, I guess, would be, yeah, be that. Juan. I knew a Juanito back Juanito. in the day. Yeah. He was a little short he, Filipino guy. Was he gay? No, he was a little uh, short Filipino guy. Juanito. Juanito. But uh, I still don't know a lot of Spanish. So it's okay. You'll I'm get learning. There, you'll get there, mi morena. I still think you call me Darkie. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing about Mexican nicknames is they're all a little insultish. <laughs> they all have a of a side of insult to them. Cajuns are like that. Like like if we're nice to you, we're we not real like friends. Yeah. We're not real friends. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, oh you like what what happened the other day? Somebody I was somebody was laughing at my jokes and he's like, Girl, you stupid and I was like, We friends, like yeah, exactly. I knew I knew yeah. we were friends. Because yep. he wasn't black and he said it. Oh shit. But I knew he grew up with black people yes. and I was like, We I, I knew then more than any other time that we were friends. Yeah. And then like um I call my bestie dummy all the time. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
He's not crazy about it, but it's a term of endearment. I can't it help it. Yeah. He don't like it, though. I got to think of another one. He don't like it. Uh, have you tried imbecile? That's too mouthy. I don't like that much in my mouth. Well, I've been known to be just, mouthy. Just... Hey, uh, too mouthy, I mean. <laughs> I am too. Tell your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> we might just end it there. <laughs> well, what, what, so should I call him Juanito? <laughs> He's kind of chonky. Chonky. Juanote. Chonkito. Juanote. So hold on. How can people book you to do balloon arrangements for any... Magnitude um, Balloons is the name of my business. Magnitude. And is that on Instagram like that? Yeah. How Instagram, Facebook, Magnitude Balloons. And then my um, my comedy is Funny Jet and then the number one. So Funny Jet 1 for Jetuan Jet 1. Mm-hmm. So, oh, and I got I got new coins today. My husband made new coins. Ooh. Everyone loves these things. Yeah, fuck yeah. I don't give them out during the show because if I do, every now and then I hear. Yeah, they play with them. So, can you see this? Yeah, I want to see. Isn't that pretty? That's a really rich red too on that. And if you notice, the letters are different. They're not recessed anymore. Ah. The letters used to be recessed. They're on the coin now. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Isn't that neat? Yeah. And then we have a a poker chip maybe coming out now. Ooh. As poker chip style, where it's all flush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. Nice. Yeah, and it's all 3D printed. Yeah, those are those are cool. I I got one of these. One of these ladies, I was playing. Uh, I was at the golf range. Uh, she pulled one of these out. A poker chip. Her, yeah, a poker chip like, nice. like that. Has her has her business card. No way. Yeah. With her name, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think I still have it. It might be in the car. That's cool. Not as yeah, cute you want to go to the back seat? Not as cute as mine, though. <laughs> no. Why is your girlfriend there? <laughs> Why is your girlfriend there? Uh, Jethwan, thanks for setting some time aside and making the drive. I don't think I've ever talked to a Mexican guy this long before. Um, with his clothes on. No, you have. Have you ever been catfished? With his, <laughs> with his clothes on. <laughs> Without his tongue in my asshole. <laughs> is that what it is? Acapulco <laughs> going snorkeling. <laughs> we're, I was talking about the ass jokes when we're at the end of our conversation. Yes, yeah, we are, you cheeky bastard. <laughs> then at the beginning, I should have talked about toe sucking. Toe dip- sucking? Dipping our toe into it. Oh, okay, I get you. I get you. Yeah, just the tip. Just the tip. <laughs> That's how I have two kids. Just the tip. <laughs> just the tip. And a back rub, right? <laughs> Fuck that. My kids, but he's so lucky. He's cute. I look at him and I'm like, I could be anywhere in the world right now because I fly for free. My husband works for an airline. Oh, really? So, like, domestic travel for me would be free. Yeah. Um, I still pay because because I ain't a standby bitch. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you can never hold it over. <laughs> Fuck that. You. Fuck that. But, I remember uh, all those trips I gave you. Nah, but, motherfucker, I pay for them myself. No, I mean he pays for me. <laughs> <laughs> he pays dearly. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but uh, it's discounted, but he pays. But like when we mm. came back from London, mm-hmm. fucking business class with the little booths and shit, Dang. it costs a hundred bucks each. It's fabulous. Yeah, I've only flown twice, so you're speaking you're speaking Spanish to me. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm gonna order some wings. Where's my boyfriend? Did he leave again? I don't know. You got boyfriends and girlfriends up the wazoo. I know. Guys, follow Jetwan 
her comedy and her balloon making skills and coming soon her cunnilingus videos <laughs> never hasta luego <laughs> that was fun how long was that